You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? Another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture. I'm your co-host, Jules Jesse, alongside Mike Davis. Was really good, Mike. Hey, what's up, Julia? Man, I'm so glad to be back. It's been a minute. And man, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. Beautiful Thursday. Good. Good. Glad to have you here. We got so much to talk about. I mean, but listen, I am still in full celebration mode of Converge winning that big boy Emmy um congratulations to big o um for winning one for converge media um and congratulations to my my converge colleagues to congratulations to myself and mike davis you know we've been putting in the work for a clap back. in the back big cutty in the back on our show so this was a big moment um it was a big moment unfortunately i was not able to attend um the emmys but Listen, y'all, it's all over ConvergeMedia.com and all of the social media platforms. Make sure you guys check in. Um, You know, it's a big win for this small black media company doing it big. So definitely proud of the team and definitely proud of Big O, um, the Big O show for making sure that uh, we're doing what matters. All right. Moving right along, you guys. Um, We got to talk about these elections, Mike. Uh, There is a runoff election um, that is now happening in California. It's a big race between the L.A. mayors and a lot of the celebrities are making strong pleas for their candidate. And so um, the election, the primary election already happened. And basically, we have the top two candidates that are going to move into November, you guys. But what's made this one hit the airways is that so many celebrities have been dishing in on making their pleas on who we should vote for. So we do have some clips. Cuddy, let's go ahead and play the clip um, for those in favor of Karen Bass, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Tiffany Haddish, and I'm out here supporting Karen Bass. I'm voting for her for mayor on Tuesday. Why? Reason number one, LA ain't never had a female mayor. Reason number two, she's African-American, so I'm going to support that. Reason number three, she's always done for us. I've seen her support her people, support the kids, support the women, help homelessness. All these things that she stands for, I stand for too. So I support Karen Bass 110%, and I suggest you do the same. Vote Karen Bass. Don't be trash. Don't be trash. Uh, Karen Bass is a is a, a, a the 37th congressional. Uh, I'm sorry, she's a representative for the 37th congressional district. So she's been doing a lot of work um, in California for a while now, since 2011. Um, and she's been making headlines since 2020 because she was being considered as a potential running mate for President Joe Biden. So she is someone to look out for. She is definitely a fierce black woman. And then you have Caruso, right? This billionaire real estate developer, Rick Caruso, who's also bringing out a lot of people, Mike. I mean, big boy Elon Musk is supporting him. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kim K. Um, we have a clip of Kim K, actually. So before we talk about it, let's play Kim K's uh, clip. And she's got millions of followers. So let's see what she's talking about. Hey, guys. Um, so I recently met with Rick Caruso, who was running for mayor in Los Angeles. And I don't typically endorse anyone in politics because I just really have never been about the politics. But when it comes to my hometown, And I feel like there's people that can really make a difference. I recently spoke out about Henry Stern, um, who is a senator in my area in Calabasas. Um, And I know the election's coming up and I just wanted to share my thoughts on Rick Caruso. I think that he um, really can help with the crime in our city, which is such a big issue and super scary, but also the homeless issue. It's it's such a problem. And I think that with him, he can offer a better path to a better life for um, 
people that are homeless in California and in Los Angeles. And I just, you know, I really believe in what he stands for. And I was super inspired by him and I really believe in him. So if you guys are out voting, um, Rick Caruso is my choice and I really believe that he will make a difference and that gives me hope. So um, I just hope you guys are out there voting and using your voices and your power to vote. Um, not very convincing, Kim. Not at all. <laughs> not, not, at convincing. all. not a strong endorsement. Mike, what are your thoughts here? Man, that Kim K video was scary. They're like, what did, what did Caruso have her held hostage? Like, that was the least energetic. I mean, good gracious. That that would never get me to vote if I was on the fence. Uh, yo, I don't trust billionaires, and I don't know about these, these billionaires trying to be in politics. Um, I think, look, I don't live in L.A., so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm tapped into these L.A. elections in that way. But I mean, man, you got the, the Elon Musk endorsement. That's one of the biggest red flags. That would be like me in Seattle trying to vote for who Bezos told me to vote for. So I'm not sure, man. I'm a little shaky on that one, man. I might have to roll with Tiffany Haddish on this one. Listen, uh, well, Tiffany Haddish, along with Steven Spielberg, Shonda Rhimes, Ariana Grande, Octavia Spencer, Tracy Ellis Ross, Magic Johnson, um, and more are supporting Karen Bass. But yeah, Kim K, not very convincing, my good sis. Uh, Caruso has spent over $40 million on his campaign uh, so far. So we'll see. They are both um, being pulled into the runoff election in November. So we should see what happens. And um, yeah, good luck to both of them. I mean, that's wild though, man. Like, I mean, LA is an interesting city though, man. Like the, the haves and have nots. I mean, there are a lot of people out there with money, but also there's a heck of a lot of people out there that don't got none, man. So I would be really interested to know like their approaches to homelessness, like both of those clips that we saw mention homelessness, but there's a lot of different ways that you could go about addressing homelessness. Some are much better and more humane than others. So, you know, I would just encourage anybody out there, if you're in LA, do your own research, man. Don't, don't take your endorsements off of social media and who got the most followers. Look at who's going to do something for the people. Look at who's going to do something for you in the situation that you are in. All right. Well, that's coming from Mike Davis. You guys make sure you participate in your local election. We have a local election coming up June 21st for all of my viewers in Washington, D.C. June 21st. Make sure you get out and early vote or, um, you know, whatever you're going to do. Go out there and vote. Exercise your right to vote. Um, moving forward, there are five members of the Proud Boys extremist group that have been charged with seditious conspiracy. Um, on Monday, the Justice Department alleges that the men aided in last year's attack on the U.S. Capitol in order to stop the certification of the 2020 um, election results. Not new information, um, but this is a new indictment. Um, and the indictment basically alleges that the leader um, who we just saw knew that there was a plan to occupy the Capitol. Again, not so much new information, but uh, this is just a little bit more details into the mind of the leader and what he was doing on that day um, and whether like what Terrio was thinking, some more details, et cetera, et cetera. He's already um, in jail right now serving um, time for other related events to the January 6th insurrection. Uh, but this is a different conspiracy, this seditious conspiracy. So this is something else. It has a max penalty of 20 years in prison. Look, you're 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 right in saying that this is not new information, but this is definitely important information. Um, if they got him on this and there, we have these new charges, there is a chance that he goes in and he starts talking and we could get some more important information. Who did he work with? Who, who did he talk to? Who was he organizing with? This is all information that we need to know if we're really going to be able to go down this list and hold people accountable. I would also encourage people, you know, today, and man, my daughter has soccer practice, so I couldn't be there. But, uh, you know, those hearings, man, those hearings with Cheney, 
like all of that, the, those January 6th hearings, that's happening right now. So if you didn't tune in, I would encourage y'all to check it out. I haven't seen it just yet, but from my group text, I heard that it got a little bit spicy. So maybe we get more information. I don't think that we got that appearance from Mike Pence or he's going to come sing like a canary. But whatever we can get, any insight that we could get, any information that can lead to more people being held accountable is important. No, this is not new. Yes, this is important. We need to keep paying attention because if we want to be able to have democracy, if we want to be able to protect democracy, the people that threaten democracy need to be held accountable. So them taking these steps and, and continuing to move forward, it's been a slow and grueling process. People like me have came out hard and said, we don't believe in it because of how slow it was going. But I am happy to see that it is still going. It is still continuing and people still care. So all y'all out there, please continue to care, continue to pay attention. That's the only way that we'll ever get any justice after what happened. I agree. Well, the Tempe uh, Police Department is under fire after an edited uh, video of body camera footage um, was leaked online or released online, if you will, of a drowning incident of a resident. Um, we do have a clip. It is pretty... Um, Pretty hard to watch, but before we watch it, I'll give you guys a little bit more context. The video is going to show a gentleman named Sean Bickling, Bickings. He's 34 years old and he climbs over a fence, um, a four foot fence along the Tempe Town Lake. Um, officers are there. Um, They're responding to what is what I understand to be a domestic dispute. Um, and they're they're telling him that he's not permitted to swim. So they're engaging in conversations um, with Sean and they're telling him not to go into the water. Well, he tells them I'm going in for a swim. You can obviously tell that he's having a little bit of um, just like some erratic behavior. Well, the water gets the best of him. And the police officers are telling him, you know, I'm not going to go in and save you. And he subsequently drowns. So let's take a look. We'll come back and talk about it. If we have the clip, I think, Cuddy, we have the clip. Um, if, look, y'all, if y'all look away, if you don't, if you don't want to see, like, I don't know how much of the clip we're going to see, but if you've seen the longer clip on the internet, some of y'all might not want to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's um, unreal. <laughs> it's just unreal. The officers that are involved are on administrative uh, paid leave. And even, you know, the, the conversation of conduct comes up, you guys, and whether or not these officers are trained to do a water rescue. Um, and so I think what's more shocking and more damning is the conversation that they're having on the tape and that they're unwilling uh, to allow, they're unwilling uh, to, to go in there and go after them. So I don't know. I mean, Mike, what would you have done in that situation? Like one, I can't swim. So a part of being a police officer has zero requirements to be, to swim, right? So for me, I'm not, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to jump in and save anybody into a lake. Well, me, Michael Davis, no. Mike Davis, the, the journalist, is not equipped to save anybody. I think that what bothers me about this video, I think that what bothers me about policing in general as we're having these larger conversations is this idea that they keep feeding us, the idea that they keep feeding our children, that police are heroes. Like they want to be called heroes, yet whenever it's time to put your life on the line the way a hero would, they don't do it. Sitting there and watching a man drown doesn't make you a hero. If you want to be a hero, then put your life on the line and try to go save him. I can say the same thing about what happened in, in Uvalde. You know what I'm saying? You got children inside of a school be building being murdered while all of the heroes are outside scared to go in because somebody's in there with a big gun. Well, if you're a hero, rush in and go save people, you know. So this is the same situation. You can't call yourself a hero if you're going to sit there and watch a man drown. It, it's it's just hard to watch. I mean, we've seen so many stories of everyday citizens who drown jumping in, trying to save people, because a lot of us don't really have it in us to just watch somebody die without doing anything. So to see all of these people with badges sit around and nobody make a move to go save a life. What use are you? Well, let's go ahead and play the clip and let's have our viewers, uh, you know, discuss this conversation. 
Three Tempe police officers are on administrative leave after a body camera transcript of their interaction with a homeless man garnered national attention. The man was apparently part of a domestic dispute on a pedestrian bridge in Tempe. He jumped into a reservoir and started to drown. Tempe police allegedly told the man to swim to a buoy, but he couldn't. They told him they would not jump in to save him. The man ultimately drowned in the reservoir. According to CNN, the union that represents those officers says they are not trained in water rescues and didn't have the equipment to save the man. Right now, Tempe police are investigating. DPS will conduct their own investigation after that. Tempe also asked Scottsdale police to conduct an administrative review of the incident well there the, at one point one of the officers says i'm not jumping in after you i don't i mean here's the thing uh and and dr jackson asked it. she says where were any of the police lifeguards here's the thing if that's not your regular water right like it's that's not. Not just not. like the lake it's not just the pool um and so i think there is a judgment call uh, Leon said, what are cops trained to do? Are they trained to do rescues, like water rescues? I mean, no, but good grace. So I don't know, man. I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand it from all angles, though. Like, yo, that's not just a swimming pool. You know, you're not jumping into five feet to grab somebody out. Like, you can jump in there and you can die, too. But that's but that's my point. My point is, if you want to be the hero, if you want to be held up on this pedestal, get out there and earn it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. I don't like the narrative. I don't like the narrative of, you know, you sign up and you're putting your life on the line every day. Like, that's what they tell us all the time. Yet there are so many situations that when it's time to actually put your life on the line, that's when you that's when you're afraid. You know what I mean? Like, like when, when it's somebody, I don't even, I don't want to get into everything, but yeah, that's, that's my take. I don't want to go to Mike Davis today. I got so much more I'd like to say. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I can't say that I'm not mad that they didn't jump in after him, but I am thinking about Leon's point where he says, you know, aren't they trained to call in for help? So they did call in for a vote prior to um, the gentleman drowning. So there was a call for help, but Obviously, it was too little too late. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the conversation also makes me think of um, the shooting at Robb Elementary School where um, some of the police officers said they were not able to enter the classroom because they didn't have their gear. Um, and so there is a fine line in, in making that decision as a first responder and what tactics you are going to take there. So, again, I'm not sure if the Tempe Police Department has a requirement for police officers to know how to swim and to make a swim rescue, right? Because that's one thing. It's one thing for you to know how to swim and another thing for you to be able to jump into a lake off of a bridge and then be able to save someone from drowning safely and bring them back. So I think this is a bit more complicated. It's um, very complicated, Julie, but can we please put Harry Jefferson's comment up because he 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 doesn't say it the quiet part out loud, man. This is what I was thinking, and I just wasn't going to say it. But I mean, man, I do, I do not know the race of the officers, I but either. I believe the the, uh, the drowning victim in this case was a black man. Like I I I understand though where his thinking is because my thinking was in the similar area, but without the facts, I just don't feel comfortable coming out and saying that because I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But my last point is going to be if this were like a vulnerable child who fell into the lake, I guarantee you one of them officers would have jumped in. I hope so. Oh, Harry Jefferson said has another good point, though. If it was another cop, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just the circumstances were different. They probably calls is what I call into question. It's always interesting to me how they use judgment like. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, George Floyd was a judgment call. Like, come on, man. Listen, me and Rodney are in here. There is this fly that has been attacking oh us all day. And you finally got it. I'm so happy. Thank you, babe. <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and move on from this topic. Um, and some good news, you guys. Joe Biden has some positive updates on baby formula 
end this hateful, hateful inflation that we are seeing, y'all. Um, let's not get too happy, though, because inflation is here to stay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the baby formula, there's $27.5 million that has been used to purchase a formula from a manufacturing company in Australia that has been shipped to the United States. So that is great. Um, and inflation went down from 6% to 4%, but you guys, 4% is still high. So I don't think we're going to see, um, a big shift just yet in terms of our grocery bills, um, in terms of our gas prices or anything else like that. So better that it's coming down, but I don't think we're going to see a big savings anytime soon. Look, you're right. But man, we, we got to be able to feed the babies. I mean, just having it on the shelf is a win. So we got to these days, we got to take our wins when we can get them. I'll take that, man, because uh, this this was this was a really, really big deal, man. People not being able to have the formula to feed their babies. So, I mean, inflation, I, I sure hope that we can address that. But for now. Please, please just just get the baby formula back on the shelves. Make it available, man. People need it. Like that is critical. Yes, it is critical. Definitely critical. Um, experts say that there are three main factors, you guys, that are contributing uh, to this uh, growth in prices that we're seeing everywhere. And that is the rise in labor costs. Uh, energy prices and interest rates, each one of them pushes interest rates. I mean, I'm sorry, each one of them pushes the cost of everyday consumer goods a little bit higher and higher. So what they're saying is, is that post pandemic, welcome to the new normal. All right, moving right along. Uh, some baseball players, you guys, five of the Tampa Bay Rays um, declined to wear pride patches on their jerseys. Um, they basically came out and said that they opted not to wear the patch um, on their uniform, um, and it was a faith-based decision. They took one of the team members to go out and be the spokesperson. Um, I think it was the pitcher, and he said, so it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want um, is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. Um, but when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided that it's just – a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus. Uh, so they stood on that and they're just kind of like, you know, comparing it to their faith and just saying like, that's just not something they're into for me. I am going to stand by uh, the individuals who did not want to wear that on their patch. I think at this point, um, you know, when we talk about your job, you should not be forced. Uh, you know, I, if it was a Black Lives Matter patch and someone didn't want to wear it, we, I mean, are we going to criticize them? They don't want to be political, right? Um, is the LGBTQ pride flag political? Absolutely. I mean, we could say it isn't, but it is. I mean, everyone doesn't have to take a knee. You know, everybody just because we feel like people should do something doesn't mean they have to do something. And so it's not a part of their contract and they don't have to make any um, stance. They don't have to even say how they feel about anything um, in society. All they need to do is show up and do their part um, as their role and responsibility of their job. So I think this is uh, one of those things where it's like, you know, you be damned if you do and damned if you don't. But I think. Uh, they did the right thing by just saying, you know, it's not for me. And that's cool because guess what? If I'm at work and I don't want to wear something, I'm not going to do it. This, this, this story did make me a little upset. I'm not going to lie, but it wasn't, it wasn't for those reasons. Like, I think everything that you said is true. I think the only place where I will push back is I think that that statement that they put out was BS. Like yeah. if you don't want to wear the patch, then own it. But don't come out here and talk about love and acceptance when you just chose to not wear the patch. Man, say it with your chest. Say you didn't want to wear the patch because you didn't want to wear the patch. And I think that we could keep it moving. Um, when the NBA had the Black Lives Matter slogans on the back of the jersey, they did allow players to opt out. And many players did opt out. And it actually wasn't that big of a deal. It should be a choice. The thing about this that I don't like is that the Tampa Bay Rays play in Florida and then they do this pride patch. This is nothing but optics. This is straight symbolic 
players wearing patches doesn't do anything for anyone anyway. But now because they declined, now the story is all oh, they didn't want to wear the patch. And, you know, you look on ESPN and they're coming down on these guys as if they're like doing harm to the community. If the Tampa Bay Rays actually cared about the community, they would be out there leaning on those politicians in Florida because those because the state of Florida has some of the most regressive LGBTQ laws out of anywhere in the country. Like, what do you mean right now? Tampa Bay rights, if you really care about the rights of LGBTQ people, you don't need to tell your players to wear a patch. You need to go lean on your legislators and your lawmakers, man. What did y'all say about the don't say gay bill? Like Florida has so much going on. And as a sports organization, you have so much power to sway change. We see what, what basketball teams did in North Carolina when North Carolina, the state of North Carolina refused the bathroom bills. They moved sporting events and they uh, like the leagues took a stand. So if you really want to take a stand, there are ways that you can do so without being performative. But now because you made this act that's purely performative and you have players decline, now everybody's coming down on these individual players when really the real power is with the money and it's your owners, your billionaire owners of this baseball team who have the power to take a stand against lawmakers and politicians in the state of Florida who are making these laws and they don't do that. Instead, they just do this for optics. And I'm just I'm sick of us in this country always having to get all riled up over optics and gestures that are meaningless because wearing the patch doesn't really do anything. I agree with you 100 percent on that and that this is very performative in a sense that it does pay respect and it does demonstrate demonstrate pride and um especially in a league where homosexuality has not been supported ever right um and we're talking about america's favorite sport and so i think this is um when we talk about uh you know sports leagues i think that this is something you know this is a great place to demonstrate that and show um pride for the lgbtq community but i also feel that um, when it comes down to it, it's also an individualized choice in what you decide for yourself and what you want to promote, right? And so if we think about branding just in general, you know, a lot of these celebrities have their own platforms. Um, I agree with you in that, you know, it's kind of some BS that they're standing behind the veil of this faith-based thing and like, oh, we believe in Jesus and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? If you just don't believe in homosexuality and you don't want to wear it, just say that. I mean, I think we have to get to a point where we can agree and say, listen, I respect you. You, but I just don't believe in that. Right. Or I do respect you. I do believe in homosexuality, but I don't want to wear a pride patch or I don't want to wear a Black Lives Matter patch or I don't want to be branded as a Republican or a Democrat. I don't want to politicize anything that I'm doing. I don't want to wear anything except for my Tampa Bay uniform. Um, and so I think we we have to allow people to have this full freedom of choice. And I think Arlo brings up a good point on whether or not this is in the contract for the team or the link, the league. Um, I would argue that it isn't. Um, but if it is, it seems as if none of these guys faced any repercussions. They were allowed to make the statement um, there in the article. It was written that there was, um, you know, no kind of uh, discord in um, in the clubhouse and everything kind of just went on. Yeah. They just wore them. their regular jerseys like it wasn't even the end of the world like that. It's the media. It's the you know what I mean? Like it's that. But I, I agree, man. I just I don't agree with forcing people to make political statements. And that even goes with like Black Lives Matter because that has been politicized. So when the NBA put all those patches on the back of their jerseys, like, yo, it's the same thing. Like, don't make people take a political stand. And we had NBA players that literally came out and said that and we just kept it pushing. I just think in this situation, why this really stood out to me is because Tampa Bay is in Florida and we're seeing everything that's happening in Florida. And like, you know, the team had to issue a statement and do all of this stuff. Well, I just feel like, you know, if the team really cared about the LGBTQ community, there's a lot that the team can do to sway legislation in the state of Florida that will go a much longer way than having players wear patches on their jerseys. Leon in here stirring it up in the comments. He said, what if a player is going to wear a Negro League uniform in one of the games? You know what, Leon? Listen, Leon, hey, the, 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 he said because of Jesus. 
It's not like the Negro League's uniform said Negro League. I'm pretty sure it said the name of your team, man. It said Birmingham Black Barons, man. But but it, I mean, but if that did come out, I'm standing with him. Y'all should wear that. No, nah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's it's freedom of choice. I think it really those is. are some of the and, things. And I thought the NBA was so corny for doing that, like putting Black Lives Matter on center court and all that was just so corny, empty. Like you you have money, man. Go go make something happen. Go do make real change. Like, don't give me a slogan. It's just it's so empty. I don't like empty gestures from anybody on any side, no matter who they support. I agree. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about doing it for the culture. Stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. When the pandemic hit, it did affect me. As a barber, I had my own personal reasons why I didn't get vaccinated. At the time, I didn't check the actual source. I thought the vaccine was developed too fast, but I was talking to a doctor, and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family. I wanted to get back to that once was, right? I do feel safe knowing that I am vaccinated. I just hope what I'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for all of us. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. Moving right along. Um, listen, this has been a big controversial conversation. I honestly have been arguing with Rodney in the house about it. But Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan, unfortunately, y'all have broken up. And there is just so much conversation online about what happened. And honestly, they are running my good sis down uh the whole the whole train and just calling her a hoe so i don't know everyone is talking about her dating history who she been with how long she was with them um and i feel like they're just dragging her and i don't know if it's warranted considering we don't like why isn't michael b jordan's situation on display like Mike, have you heard about any of this? I mean, I know you're not really into pop culture. I actually have, though, man. Michael B. Jordan right. was at that playoff game right after they broke up. Looking Look so sad. Oh, it was hilarious, man. I couldn't believe my guy was – he shouldn't even have been out in public, man. It, it, like, the hurt was all over his face. But no, I have I have seen this this discussion, and I do think it's wrong. I mean, I feel like Lori Harvey be doing her thing, and it's nothing wrong. It's not even – I mean, first of all, it's not even our business. But second of all, I mean, these is these is all relationships, man. It's not like she's just hopping around every other like, nah, man, like they was together for a minute and then they broke up. Like she's allowed to break up with people and date new people. I really don't understand the backlash or why people are like this involved in her life like that. Seems to me like she's living her best life. It, well, um, pe some people, uh, social media will argue that she is bringing down her value uh, by continuing to date these powerful men um, and that she is allowing these men to be on display. Uh, me personally, she's 25 years old. My, uh, Michael B. Jordan is 35 years old. Allegedly, the, um, the reason they broke up is because he was ready to get married and she was not. Um, which is tough. He has not scrubbed her from Instagram. Uh, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I just feel like I guess I'm just not that invested in who she's dating. At 25 years old, I think, you know, she's clearly not ready to settle down, regardless of how great Michael B. Jordan is. And guess what? She could be wrong. Like she could be walking away from her Prince Charming, but I think she probably is looking at this situation like I'm just not ready. Um, they're also sure, no. Hey, but tell me this. Wouldn't it be better if you know that you're not ready for that and your partner is to just be like, yeah, let's just chill. I mean, like, why why go down that road if you don't want to? And I think that's what I don't be understanding about a lot of people. It's like she knows what she wants and it seems like she just wants to have fun. I don't really think that there's anything wrong with that. Like maybe she's still trying to find what she's looking for. Ooh, can we put up Leon's comment? Honestly, Leon, I'm so glad you're joining this part of the conversation because I didn't even really think about this. I didn't and this either. is this is why I need to follow more people to broaden my perspective. Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift both dated hella people. And guess what? People are not like 
pulling their card whatsoever. But Lori Harvey, I'm telling you guys, Black Twitter is dragging her Lord. through the streets. Okay, they're making uh, you know infographics about who she been with, how long she was with them, what she did with them. I mean, and they're just bringing her value all the way down. I don't know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, for me personally, this is why you have to be careful about dating out loud, if you will. And, you know, it's a double standard. So you got to just like reel it in. I mean, she keeps dating these high profile men. Her business is why she can't do it quiet because of who they are. But that's her choice. Exactly. And look, man, look, she ain't she ain't had no problems finding nobody new after any of these. Like she's going to be just she's going to be fine. Well, maybe maybe it's a city girl summer for her, a hot girl summer. I don't know. Me yeah, personally, right in time for the summer too, like right on cue. I think when we do have conversations about the purpose of dating, like are we dating with purpose and are we dating um, with the intention to get married? And so I don't know why she's dating, but I think you know we are moving away from traditional times where people are dating to get married. Like perhaps she was dating to have fun, but I'll tell you one thing: Michael B. Jordan looks like a hurt. Soul. So he wasn't dating to have fun. No, <laughs> he, he was. He was ready. He was trying Where to take I, her off the market. Michael B. Jordan is going to be a great pick for the next woman that comes into his life. I hope both of them finally come out and say what happened, so that we can put some of these rumors to rest. Because um, I'm just nosy, honestly. That's it. I don't want to. I just want to know. <laughs> but. Uh, we'll, 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 table that you guys. I mean, I don't, I don't want to drag Lori Harvey on here. I mean, but... You know, it's a double standard though. Like, I, I feel like we could all agree on that. I don't think that, you know, like, I don't think there's any pushback <laughs> to the idea that there's definitely a double standard. Well, speaking of breakups, there's another way you can break up. Atlanta rapper Trouble was actually killed by his uh, female companion's ex. And that is hella sad. The man um, accused of killing influential Atlanta rapper Trouble on June 5th, you guys, it just happened, is now in custody. Um, He was fatally shot while sleeping in the apartment of a female companion, Jamichael Jones. He's 33. He turned himself in after authorities uh, worked with his mom to get him to uh, surrender to police. Jones is the ex-boyfriend of the woman who Trouble was with. And he allegedly had some physical abuse with her previously, which is what led them to a breakup just one week before the shooting. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) I got a question for you. (laughs) I got a question for you on this topic. And I'm just curious. I mean, because this is another one that's been all over social media and everybody got their opinions. But like, so according to the report and look, I don't know her. I, and I literally like I read the police report. So everything that I'm saying is coming from her statement to the police as it was recorded. Keeping in mind that we can't always trust what the police be writing down. That's the disclaimer. But in that in that in that statement, though, it did say that they had they lived together and they have been together for three years. They had the situation in the car. He punched her in the nose. She called the police. He ran. So she left the scene because he was no longer at the scene. So the police were called. Nobody went to jail. But she says that she hadn't seen him since and he hadn't been home since. How do you feel about her having the new dude in his bed? I mean, look, man, three years. They were together for three years and they lived together. I mean, are we is it fair to assume what that he moved out? I don't know. He hadn't been there in a week. Are you allowed to not come home for a week and still live there? I'm sure. I mean, I'm just curious of your take, because I thought that it was, I mean, man, like, how was bro going to react coming home to his house to another dude in his bed? I mean, listen, I, there's so many allegations around this. I mean, she's, listen, I, it, it couldn't be me, because I would be way too nicked up, but at the same time, I think, I think she should not have had another man in the home that she shared previously that close period of time without putting that previous relationship to rest. Um, But that doesn't, I mean, but how could she ever have the thought that he was going to come in and fatally shoot um, trouble? I mean, that's, you know, that's, 
that's not really par for the course, if you will. Uh, so I can't, I can't even blame her for being responsible for that. But I think at the same time, you know, trouble has to understand, like, who are you laying up with? Like, and why are, if you know this female and you know that she's been in a relationship with this guy for three years, off and on, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you got to think about that as well. So I don't know. It's a, it's a terrible situation that uh, all of these individuals are, you know, kind of caught up in. Yeah. I mean, and for real, for real, I mean, a lot of females are coming out with their little videos about trouble and how they had a relationship with him and all this that, and the third. So he was a playboy, too. So, I mean, he probably didn't really care if you think about it. No, I get that. And not, I mean, I wasn't trying to blame her. I mean, like the report that she gave to the police was that when he came into the house, he attacked her. So like he came into the bedroom, attacked her, then trouble like jumped in. And I'm sure like, yo, you just see a dude come in and you feel me? And then they start fighting and then he shot him. So like, I don't even know that dude came in there with it in his mind. He was going to shoot somebody. It seems like he came in there, seen that situation, started fighting her. Trouble fights him. He shoots him. It's it's a crazy situation. And yes, Dr. Jackson, DV is super serious and he had put his hands on her before. We already know that. I just found it interesting, man. Like, yo, like you, you just broke up a week ago and you got a new dude in the spot. I don't know that Trouble even realized. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's just out here doing his thing. He's not getting criticized like Lori Harvey was. But he got all types of everything jumping out. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Well, let, I want to go to uh, Tracy Jackson's comment, and I think this is this is for real. DV is serious, and he shouldn't have expected to just walk back into the house. I agree with that. If there was a domestic dispute, I think there should have been a conversation on what the outcome was going to be. But it sounds like this was probably most likely an on again, off again relationship. Doesn't sound like for the last three years, it's been, you know, holy matrimony, if you will. And so it, it seems like a very toxic relationship. This seems like a toxic individual that he would make the decision, crime of passion or not, that he wanted to go there and kill somebody. Um, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough decision. It's a big loss. I think a big loss for everyone. Um, I think I would agree with you that he probably did not go in there with the intention of hurting trouble, but I think he absolutely went in with the intention of hurting the girl. So, but that's not to say she's, you know, just this super innocent victim. We don't know if she called him over there. We don't know nothing. So her, her statement also said to the police, though, the reason why he punched her the first time they was in an argument because he wasn't paying no bills. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Can we put, can we put oh, Leon's God. comment up about Nick Cannon? <laughs> oh, God, please, yes. <laughs> There's only one thing I know about Nick Cannon, and you all probably know what it is, that he has eight kids and another one on the way. Dude. He's a wild dude. dude. He has he two women pregnant right now. <laughs> yeah. He's out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of them is allegedly pregnant with twins. She already had a set of twins with him. And now she has another set of twins that she's pregnant with. I, I mean, Nick Cannon is. What is he doing? Like, what is like he a cult. I want to know why these women continue to sign up for it. Like, what are you getting out of it? Like, how? I, I just, I don't get it. Why even put your kid? I don't know. That's just knowing, it's not knowing what your situation is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's all over the place with Nick Cannon, but shout out to him and all his women. I mean, it seems like it works for them. Ain't nobody arguing. Ain't nobody beefing. He does the little maternity shoots. He does the Christmas videos. You know, it's very social media perfect. I mean, they seem happy. You know, one they of them, the kids. Did a, it was a gender reveal one day. Then he buried his baby the next day. I mean, it was a lot. Like, he just got a lot going on. So, Nick Cannon, um, you know, if, if you like it, I love it. You know what I'm saying? That's not my clown, not my circus. Look, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Mike Davis about some big, big, big news. All right. Stay tuned. You're watching Clapback Culture. All right, Mike Davis. Without further ado, boss man, what is what is this big announcement? What can we expect? What's going on? Well, man, hey, this was a good show. I had hella fun today, man. I'm glad that, that we got to do this. But 
This might be my last show for a while, a while, a while. I am leaving. Clap back, man. It's been real. It's been so fun kicking it with y'all, man. I'm so glad that everybody showed up in the comments tonight, man. This was a, a, a perfect way to cap it off, but I got to focus on a new opportunity. I am going full time to KUOW to be the arts and culture reporter. So I'm switching from, you know, doing all my print work and my writing work to jumping into public radio. So I got to get over there, man. I got to learn the ropes, got to got to get up on my audio engineering. Um, I'm going to have some cool projects, man. I, I, I could see a podcast coming in the future as well as a bunch of on air stuff that I'm going to be doing over there. So, yeah, man, I got to I got to fall back from clapback while I put all those pieces together. But I, I know that Julia is going to hold it down. Cuddy's going to hold it down. Um, I am excited to be able to be in the audience with y'all. Man, I'll still man, I'll still tune in as much as I can. I'll be in there uh, on YouTube and I'll be in the comments. So, you know what I'm saying? We can still kick it every once in a while. But again, I appreciate y'all. These last two years have been amazing. We have built this wonderful, wonderful community, man. So... I appreciate all of y'all. I appreciate Converge, man. And it, it's been a wild ride. So crazy to cap it off with the Emmy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Converge is, is doing big things. So I know that the show is going to be in good hands. But for all of y'all that's in Seattle, man, please make sure to check me out at KUOW. I, I land there on June 21st. And yeah, man, I'll be around though. I'm pretty sure that y'all will see me doing some sneak appearances on Converge, man. Converge will always be home. We'll always be family. I know I'll be having the panels jumping off and, you know, we got the day with Trey. So I'm sure that I'll sneak back in and, and we'll see some snippets. But as far as me being here weekly, I'm not going to be able to do it for a while. All right. Well, you guys heard it from the horse's mouth. Uh, congratulations, Mike, on your new business ventures. Um, man, it's been a hell of a run. You guys know we started this out doing political analysts. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm really excited for you. I'm really happy for your next steps. You know, sometimes, you know, you just you grow out of what you're doing. And so um, I appreciate the work that you put in here on Clapback Culture. I'm going to miss my co-hosts, y'all. Um, but again, Clapback Culture is in good hands. It is staying here with me because I ain't going nowhere. Um, and it's Cuddy. So we will be here um, every Thursday maintaining this show um, in general. And we're going to do a bit of a rebrand to shake things up a little bit in Mike's absence while he goes on to do big things. Um, but yeah, Mike, I mean, you got the last couple minutes of the show, bro. What you want to talk about? What I mean, what else is there to do? What, what do you want to chop it up about? Do you have something you just want to sound off about? I mean, it's give us your last clap back. Oh man, see, I wasn't even ready for the last clap. No, no, I don't know why you should have been ready. Give nah, us your last nah, clap back. I don't, I Put don't want to do big the screen, Cuddy. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, I don't want to do the last clap back, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I want to come back, man. You know what I'm saying? In the future, like, I can't come back and do a guest appearance. Like, man, yeah, like, don't, hey, don't make this like I'm going to just disappear into the oblivion, <laughs> man. I'm still in Seattle, I'm still very, very black nobody's going to let me be as black as I can be with Converge. I can't even be as black at the Emerald as I can be at Converge. So, I mean, man, Converge will always have a, a special place in my heart, man. I'll always be around. So I don't need a final clap back because I'm not going to just disappear like that. All right. Well, we'll, we'll take that, but I, Listen, no one is going to be able to clap back like Mike Davis. We know you like to say it with your chest, unapologetically black at all times. So we're definitely going to miss that here on the show. I know I will. I'm going to miss the banter back and forth for sure. Um, we haven't argued enough lately. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more to argue about. We've been agreeing on a lot of topics. It's a lot better when we don't. That's true. That's true. But damn, we came a long way, though. Like y'all yeah. order there, man. We man, we built this from nothing. <laughs> like, and, and it's, it's a lot of work, you guys. You know, we put a lot of work into the show each week. You know, we produce 
and create all of our shows um, and hand them off to Cuddy, who is a big supportive and he clips everything and then we get it up on social media. So it's a heavy lift. And I totally understand that, you know, you have to focus on your new opportunity in order to really, um, you know, really infuse some capital into that and be successful in your career. But I'm, I'm glad that Converge has been a part of this, a part of your journey as it will continue to be. Uh, you know, we are a family here. Um, and so anytime you want to come back on Clapback Culture, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to get your seat back and have a conversation. Um, but until then, Mike Davis, where can they find you? Ah, man, this is weird, man. Yeah, you can. You can find me at KUOW. <laughs> you can find me at KUOW. That's where I'll be. Um, I will be doing some stuff behind the scenes, though, at the South Seattle Emerald. I am still the opinions editor over there. So, you know, you don't really see my writing as much. But when you see these uh, voices pieces, these opinion pieces drop, your voice behind that. So, you know, I'll still be there and I'll still be holding that down. But, yeah, uh, I'll be at KUOW on June 21st. I'm still figuring out what all the specifics will be. So please tune in over there uh, next week. I will be, or I said next week, tomorrow, tomorrow at noon, I will be on KUOW doing week in review with my guy, Bill Radke. So if you're free at noon, come check that out as well. But please, 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 y'all keep tuning in to Clapback Culture right here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Converge just won an Emmy because Converge got all the heat. So don't just stop at Clapback. Please check out the other shows too. Converge got a full lineup and they're coming strong. Respect. All right, y'all. Well, guess what? Your girl ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be right here on Clapback Culture every Thursday at 7 p.m., 10 p.m. If you're sitting on the East Coast like me, um, make sure you guys pull up and follow me on social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Treasure of J-U-L-E-S. You know what it is. And make sure you guys send me those hot topics. Let me know what you want to chop it up about next week. Um, we are going to be doing some more guests on the show, you guys. So you're going to see some new faces on this space, on this platform. But until then, you guys make sure you guys tune in to all of our previous episodes, all the other shows on Converge Media. And yeah, man, shout out to Mike Davis one more time for doing his last show um, as our co-host. But hopefully not the last time we see his face on any of Converge's shows. But until then... I'll be back next week, same time, same place. Peace. Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.